Your next career move could be your best. Verizon Retail is where people learn, grow, and succeed. We offer the potential to earn up to $50,000 annually and amazing benefits that start on day one. Get perks including half off your wireless phone plan, up to $8,000 per year in tuition assistance, and a 401k match to help you reach your goals. Pursue your ambitions today. Learn more and apply at verizon.com forward slash retail careers. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of Sideline Talk. It's your boy, Alan C., in the place to be. We are live on Spreaker. We are live in Clubhouse. And you're going to get this episode, as you do each and every Tuesday, on Spotify. So we are on the NBA Finals. And Milwaukee Bucks has a 3-2 lead. Um, the last game, if you missed it, Milwaukee Bucks beat the Phoenix Suns 123 to 119. Giannis had 32 points, nine rebounds. Chris Middleton had 29 points, seven rebounds. Drew Holiday had 27 points and 13 assists. A key alley-oop to Giannis. And speaking of Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, this man is definitely underrated. I mean, people want to take shots at Giannis and say he can't shoot. Well, this man is averaging Shaq numbers. And at one point in time, Shaq was the best player in the league. No one has ever mentioned that conversation of Giannis being the best player in the league. Even though this man has two MVPs, Shaq only had one. Now, I know it's a different era. It's we in a fast-paced Long ball shooting error, and Giannis is not that. But if you're a unicorn and you could still get 30, 35, 40 any given night, and you can't shoot, imagine what happens if this young man develops a jumper. That's going to be crazy. Um, On the flip, you had Devin Booker go off again in a losing effort. And... For some odd reason, under pressure, Chris Paul again is choking. That man a whole choke and has it out here. Devin Booker had 40 points in a loss for the second time in a row. Chris Paul had 21 with 11 assists. And Aiton had 20 points, 10 rebounds. Now, to even up the score a little bit. Milwaukee has been out-rebounding Phoenix the whole series, but it was a close rebound battle this game. So I think that made the biggest difference of why that game was so close. So with it up, 3-2, to two, Going back to Milwaukee. I initially said that Phoenix was going to win this in seven, but I'm I'm shaking on that. I don't think I think they don't get out of Milwaukee alive. What I'm going to do is I'm going to open it up to my people on Clubhouse. To speak back to me. To see if. They think. Anybody have any different opinions? Anybody think they can. Phoenix can come back in this series. Down 3-2. Flash your mics. Flash your mics. Anybody. Go ahead Kay.
I appreciate you, Kay. Yeah, I mean, like I said, people, I'm I'm hearing a lot from the Sideline Talk group. If you're not in it, go to Facebook, follow hashtag Sideline Talk. And I'm seeing a lot of people been talking greasy on, on Giannis, saying he can't do this, he can't do that. Like I said, if you look at these other great players, I mean, Michael Jordan couldn't shoot threes consistently, you know. Magic Johnson was a scorer later in his career. So every great player has something that they can't do. But for some odd reason, that's the first thing people talk about with Giannis. You know, he's great. He scored 32, but or the best thing he can do is effort. Well, ain't that what you supposed to be giving every night anyway? Anybody else got any takes, any other thoughts on this? What's up, Digi? This series is over, you saying? Got you. Yeah, Drew Holiday playing defense on Chris Paul has definitely been one of the biggest factors in this. Um, they've been one of the biggest factors in that um, that comeback. Um, Drew Holiday has definitely lined himself up, and I think Milwaukee has took a lot of chances, a lot of gambles, and it kind of worked out for all the people that they got rid of to bring in Drew Holiday. You know, the big four or five-year deal that they gave to Giannis at the beginning of the season. Um, Mike Budenhoser, you know, if he wouldn't have made th- made it this far, would probably have been fired by now. So I definitely think, you know, Milwaukee has been playing with house money, and it's about time. I know people are going to say the injuries had a factor with it, but, I mean, that's injuries every playoffs. Anybody else got something on that before I move on to football? Okay, so training camp is back. Training camp is starting up this week with Dallas and Pittsburgh starting their camps on July 21st, which is this Wednesday. Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting their camp this Wednesday, July 24th. For some odd reason, they get an extra three days. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then all other teams are reporting on July 27th. Dallas Cowboys and Pittsburgh still start their camp this Thursday. Because they have the Hall of Fame game coming up on August 5th, first preseason game, and the only two teams that have four preseason games this year. As we know, the season has been stretched to 17 games, and they just took one preseason game away from the four that we normally have, or what we normally would have had before COVID. So I'm going to discuss the Dallas Cowboys and what their fight's going to be in camp. And what I look at on their roster. So for the Cowboys, their biggest additions have been the safeties that came over from Atlanta. They have DeMonte Kazee playing safety. They also have Keanu Neal, who was a safety at Atlanta, and is going to try his hand playing outside linebacker for Dallas. Um, they got Terrell Basham out of New York, from uh, the New York Jets. And they got Brent Urban from Chicago Bears. Now, these guys are on the defensive side, and I said this is their biggest additions because, as we know, that defense was water last year. You can run straight through them. That was definitely the biggest issue that they had besides other issues that they may have had. Um, Now... That's the biggest additions, but they also lost defense. They lost Xavier Woods, who plays safety. They lost Alvin Smith, who plays edge rusher. 
and they play, they lost a sorry to Dobie Awuzie, who played corner. So I kind of think you lost some game some on defense, but their main pitch was Michael Parsons, number number one pick out of Penn State, Jabril Cox, number uh, fourth round pick out of LSU, and Calvin Joseph was the corner coming out of Kentucky. So they picked up a lot of players from free agency for the defense, and they drafted a lot of key players on defense, and I still think it's not going to make a difference. But they try. Um, They have new defensive coordinator, former Atlanta Falcons head coach Dan Quinn, is now a defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, and they – Dan Quinn, if you may remember, was the defensive Cowboys who orchestrated that Seattle no-fly zone Legion of Boom when Seattle Seahawks was champions. So they think they can try to redo that magic that he, he had there. Anything, any thoughts on the Cowboys defense before we... Move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Anybody? Anybody can just go ahead and chime in. You said they're on point or not on point? Um, I beg to differ. Like I said, they were definitely water last year. Probably... Ranked in the 30s, and there's only 32 teams. So, I would definitely bet the death for that. But anybody can go ahead and chime in. It's not going to be forward. I mean, I'm a hard judge on defense. This is Baltimore, and we've had one of the best defenses for the last... 15, 20 years, so. I got you. I get you. Go ahead, talk your, your fandom. That's that's what this platform is for. Go ahead, Kay. Tampa Bay opens up with a supposed to be easy dub against Cowboys to kick their season off. So we'll see how that go. Um, yeah, I just don't see it. But we got a segment later called On the Clock that I'm going to go ahead and introduce to our show. And I'm going to tell you where these teams rank so far, in my opinion. But they're going to have position battles at defensive tackle rotation. Now, I'm a fan of Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma. So hopefully he can come in. He's a big, athletic defensive tackle. But they have like three or four guys that's going to be in the rotation. But I think he has four guys are fighting for two starting spots on that defensive line. I think Neville Gallimore has the... The decided edge at this point for for one of those spots. So you got three people fighting down, fighting for one spot. And as I call it, you know, get it out the mud. Best man going to win. And they also have rotation. Um, excuse me. They also have 
two rookie corners fighting for one spot, losing Chidobe Awuzie. You know, it opens up for that second-round pick. Uh, Calvin Joseph out of Kentucky, athletic, long corner, 6'2". But he didn't get that much playing time in college, and when he did get playing time in college, he got benched. Um, and they have a fourth-rounder that Jerry Jones decided to draft for some odd reason after picking up a corner in the second round. And he doesn't have any playing experience either. So you pretty much going off a wing and a prayer and Trevon Diggs at that corner spot in a passing league. And as Kay just said, you know, they ain't got an offensive line. So I don't know how are you supposed to protect your quarterback coming off of a broken ankle with no offensive line. But it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll see how that go ahead. Go ahead, Goldie. What's going on? Definitely, definitely. Techno, you got something to add, brother? And they call them America's team, but not in this America. As Trick Daddy would say, not America. <laughs> yeah, you got something else to add before I go on the... the I feel like it switches every year. Um, the good old American boy, Tom Brady, definitely, I would say over the last 20 years, have been, quote-unquote, America's team. And everybody kind of trying to migrate down to Tampa Bay and become, uh, as I call them, the Tampa Patriots. Did you got something to add? That's that's fair. I know a couple people have certain teams um, in their state that they represent, certain teams they grew up watching that they represent. So I definitely, I like, can't believe I'm about to say this. Jesus. Before there was a such thing as Baltimore Ravens, Dallas Cowboys definitely was one of those teams that I grew up watching. But Philly is kind of close. And over the last couple of years, I was feeling like a abused girlfriend watching Philly. Like I knew they was doing me wrong, but I couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't walk away basically from that situation. Y'all see it? Y'all hear the depression in her voice? That's how I was sounding. Cheering for Philly. No, shot's definitely going to be fired. I don't know how many friends I'm going to have once I walk away 
from this show later on this evening with the on the clock segment. But I, I love y'all. Thank y'all for coming through and supporting. Um, all right. So my division rival, my foe, the only team in football that I dislike more than the Dallas Cowboys is them Pittsburgh Steelers. So, let's go with their biggest addition so far. They added a running back, Kalen Balaj, who's going to who's looking to be that second or third running back, hopefully to get some type of rotation in that um, that backfield lineup. And they added Trey Turner, guard from Los Angeles Chargers. Really good guard, but can't stay healthy. And for Pittsburgh, their biggest losses so far have been Bud Dupree off the edge, Sean Davis playing free safety, and... Alejandro Villanueva decided to leave Pittsburgh for greener pastures in Baltimore. Um, Their key draft picks have been Najee Harris off the first round and their second round pick. I'm sorry, Najee Harris out of Alabama, their first round pick. And Pat Firemuth, tight end, physical, um, good hands, second round pick out of Penn State. But this is the first year in watching football that I can honestly say I have zero faith, absolutely no faith at all in Pittsburgh as a team. Um, Give me one second, Techno. Okay, give me one second. I have absolutely no faith in them as a team. I like um, the coach. I think his name right now. Jeez. Mike Tomlin. Excuse me. I like Mike Tomlin. Um, more for black coaches keeping their job. But this team is definitely trying to get that man fired. Techno. Okay. Y'all got to talk to me. What's going on? No, um, so they pretty much lost a lot of their linemen. They lost one of their um their edge rushers and Bud Dupree, who I mean you have uh TJ Watt who's a beast off the edge, don't get me wrong. He's a nightmare that I hate to play against twice a year. But you know, once you lose that other side, it's kinda easy to focus in on you as the edge rusher. And now they got a pretty much brand brand new line. As most of that offensive line is either left or was cut, and they have a old quarterback who, even at his prime, didn't work out as far as keeping himself in condition coming into the season, keeping his arm right, keeping his mind right. So as you get older, I mean, you don't get healthier, so to speak. All right, go ahead, Kay. I mean, Najee's nice. Don't get me wrong. Najee Harris is nice. But, I mean, it's a rookie behind the bad offensive line. He ain't going to be able to do it all by himself. (laughs) I knew he was going to say that when I said Najee Harris. Um, but again, Najee Harris, I liked him. I knew he was going to go to Pittsburgh, even when he was in college. I was like, "Oh, that's Pittsburgh's number one pick." Like I, I, I booked that. I had my mind already set on being able to defend him um, twice a year, so that was already a foregone conclusion, basically. Um, 
And you said Gigi. But I'm looking more at his other receivers. Uh, Chase Claypool is a beast. I didn't think he was going to be that good that he turned out to be. And Deontay Johnson is actually pretty good, but he got a dropsy issue. So if they can go ahead and step up, Gigi, like you said, is definitely going to be able to do his thing. All he needs is an open field. That man has problems with the speed. Turn on the Jets easily. Um... Well, did you have something else for I wanted from um went forward? So like I, I mentioned, they're gonna have uh key position battles at center. Like I said, um the Pouncy boy that was their all pro center retired. So they have a rookie and a couple of unproven talent guys behind him or a couple unproven talented uh, un- talented unproven guys excuse me to try to fill our all pro shoes in one of the divisions that has Baltimore's defense and Cleveland's defense um, they also have issues at inside linebacker that they're trying to um, figure out they run a 3-4 so they got to figure out two of these guys and corner because their corners was definitely weak towards the end of the year, and everybody was being able to throw the ball on them, especially when, um, especially when Bud Dupree got hurt. That's why I was saying you can easily focus on, you could definitely focus on um, TJ by himself. Because when Bud Dupree went out, you've seen it. You know that defense wasn't as potent as they once was, and they was able to get. TJ numbers dropped drastically. And I think that was one of the needs that they should have traded up in the draft to address. And I don't think they did. Or dressed as quickly as they should have, rather. Yeah, Alejandro Villanueva is now on Baltimore Raven. He decided to see the light and come towards the better AFC North team. Yeah, go Definitely was. I'm sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. Okay. Yeah, I definitely was gonna address their um their front office because I think them niggas playing a full game of Madden right now. But we're gonna address that a little bit later. But but they definitely um they was killing the draft for a couple of years in a row. I think they was hitting on a lot of draft picks. They were making good free agency moves. So I think that's what led to them actually getting a championship is how well they were drafting. Right. Yeah, that's why I say he's playing a full game of Madden right now. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we address that in, in a minute. Um, one thing I want to talk about before we move on to the brand new segment that I call On the Clock. Um, the Olympics start this Friday, um, Friday, July 23rd, and it's running until August 10th, I want to say is the date. Um, so I don't know what, what sports you guys watch in the Olympics, but I watch volleyball, men's and women's basketball. I like swimming, and I like the track and field and the tennis um, events. Okay, yeah, Winter Olympics is coming um, next year, actually, since this year. This Olympics got moved a year. 
So we have to get back-to-back Olympics. So the, the making of the men's and women's basketball team. Yeah, um, I mean, they definitely are getting underpaid. I mean, they get paid more money when they go overseas and play basketball. I think that's another underlying issue that I want to top it up with when my co-host is available. And we do this again on uh, Clubhouse. Um, but this year's men's basketball team is on a struggle bus. They lost to one, two before going to the um, Olympics. And Kevin Durant is leading the charge. Um, Bradley Bell got removed from the team, um, from the basketball team, and Coco Golf both got removed. Uh, Coco Golf and Bradley Bell both have been removed from the Olympic teams um, for COVID-19 testing. So I'm going to go through the, the roster, and y'all, I'm going to need y'all to let me know if y'all want, if they... Uh, they got any chance of winning the gold. Um, so the Olympic men's basketball roster, I said, is led by Kevin Durant. You have Bam Adebayo from Miami. You have Devin Butler, who's supposed to be able to join the team after they, um, whatever happens with the, the finals. You got Jeremy Grant, you got Draymond Green, Drew Holiday again after the finals. Um, Keldon Johnson out of San Antonio, Zach Levine, Dame Lillard, um, JaVale McGee, Chris Middleton when he finished with the finals, and Jason Tatum supposed to join the team as well. Um, Kevin Love has been removed from the team because of a um, nagging injury. Now, I don't think this team meshes well together, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think this might be the second worst Olympic team besides that 2004 team that we sent over. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, digital. Oh. Go ahead, Digital. Okay.
<laughs> Welcome to the room. We just got finished dismantling your Dallas Cowboys, but we'll go back to them in a minute. <laughs> we'll go back to them in a minute. It's all good. Um. Yeah. Also, um, remember the name Gabby Johnson. Gabby Johnson is an Olympic um, sprinter, and she's a black scholar from Harvard that's on the Olympic team. She's running the 200 meter, and I believe she made the, the, the relay team as well. But I'm always shouting out um, my BB dubs that's going to put on for that team and put on for America. And one other thing that I think is very interesting, and I'm, I'm going to need some feedback on this. Um, so the Olympics is offering three-on-three basketball for the first time. Now, America did not make the cut. They're only sending over three teams to the Olympics um, for this new sport. And America is not one of those three teams. Could you envision NBA players forming a three-man three team or maybe four-man team? to go over and com- compete in this position, uh, in this sport as well. Go ahead, Techno. Yes. Or if not. Okay. I was thinking either the NBA or Big Three. Like, any of those teams that would try to enter into the Olympics. You know, Olymp- uh, America don't do well with losing, especially in basketball. You know, they kind of remodeled how that whole situation went down um, after they lost in 2004. So I think at a certain point, they are definitely going to want to put pros in there, or if not pros, like the star players, like you said, at least some of their younger talent, like a, a, I don't know, maybe a ball brother, who I think is going to be a star, or like a THT type player, um, Horton Tucker, somebody like that would definitely join in to that ranking. Um, okay, I'm sorry. The, the men's basketball team is being coached by Greg Popovich. So, it should definitely be good. I just don't see how this talent meshes, especially, you know, with these seasons being so condensed. Like, they started in December this year. They plan the finals until, you know, late July, go over to the Olympics, and they're starting the basketball season right up again late October. Like I just don't see how that much basketball in that little bit of time they can actually mesh <laughs> with teams. Techno, you got something to add to it? Oh, I got you. Um, So on the previous episode, I'm, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to direct you to a previous episode as well. Um, Not last week, but the week before, we had discussed it on the show, how I felt that 
she shouldn't have been kicked off the Olympic team because it's not a performance enhancement. Something that she was using it to deal with anxiety. And anyone who's suffered from anxiety knows how debilitating that is. So dealing with anxiety and being able to smoke and to be able to run that fast with smokers' lungs, I'm sorry, you get an extra gold medal in my book. Yeah, she went to LSU. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Olympics and her Olympic trial being thrown out, cool. She can't do the singles. But she was not eliminated for smoking from the four-team relay. Now, she's fast enough to beat everybody, and it's just her. She's definitely fast enough to run on the team. And the Olympics for her portion was going to start after her suspension. So she gladly took the suspension and her suspension would have been over by the time track and field went. No problem, no problem. So I'm going to do this for the last 20 minutes. Um, some of y'all might not like me after this. I apologize. But it is a new segment that I am debuting. It's called On The Clock. This On The Clock segment, I am going to give you what I think out of all of the 32 teams of the NFL, what levels do I think they are on, and I'm going to explain these levels as well. So on the very bottom rung of teams, I'm calling it on the clock. These teams are rebuilding or they just plain old bad with no hope of getting better. So they're on the clock, meaning they already, they better off watching the college football season and figuring out who they are picking because ain't no way in hell they making the playoffs. These teams are New York Jets, Cincinnati Bengals, Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, Atlanta Falcons, Philadelphia Eagles, Minnesota Vikings, and the Denver Broncos. They don't lose anybody. Anybody disagree? They are definitely not making it to the playoffs. I mean, somebody got wind that trash. But I'll get to it. I'm sorry, Porsche, go ahead. So did 31 other teams. But 31 other teams did not lose their greatest, best wide receiver in franchise history and tried to replace him with a mid-level, small, young talent. So, respectfully, I just don't see how that happens. And Matt Ryan is got sent, got uh, concrete shoes in the pocket. So, I just don't see it. I could be wrong. I mean, if they earn the spot to get there, they earn the spot to get there. I doubt it, but it is what it is. I'm sorry. We're going to go. Hold on. One second. One second. One second. One second. We're going to go to Porsche. Then we're going to go back down to K. Not when Jesus was a little boy. Okay. <laughs> All right, Kay, what's up, bro? Yeah, I'm just saying, I think that 
It was 20 something. What we're not going to do is, is continue on this 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 Georgia <laughs> destruction path here. I'm going to try to move on to the next tier. I love the energy, though. Love it. Love it. So the the next tier is the teams that's on the rise. Now, that, that title was pending. I kind of don't really like it because it don't really make sense. But I'll, I'll be tweaking each power rankings throughout the year. So on the rise, I mean, these teams aren't bad, but they have little to no real shot at the playoffs either. This is where I have um, the the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know what their coach is, but I love um, Kyler Murray and I love DeAndre Hopkins. Don't know what's going on with Larry Fitzgerald, why he's not signed yet. If he's retiring, if he's not. And they got old man J.J. Watt over there. But I like um, their linebacker that they drafted, um, Javon Collins out of Tulsa. So, eh, not bad, but not good either. I have Dallas Cowboys on this tier with the Washington football team. Um, offense, Dallas and Washington have the exact same problems, just in reverse. Dallas Cowboys have great offense with no defense. Washington football team have defense with no offense. The exact same problem in reverse. Again, I have zero faith in Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm putting them in this tier. Indianapolis Colts, New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers, the New York Giants, Chicago Bears, San Francisco 49ers, and Oakland Raiders. Any disagreements? Any arguments? I didn't put Tampa there. No, I, I'm going up. So this, I haven't said Tampa yet because I'm going upwards. So I'm going from the bottom up. I mean, I gave you the second tier. I gave you the second tier, you know. I don't know about much better, but somebody got to win that division. They're in the same tier with y'all. All three of y'all fighting for first. All three of y'all fighting for first until you prove me wrong. Yeah, Danny Small Hands, yes. Danny Small Hands. Danny Danny Drops. That defense could win the division though. And they got um Kenny Galladay and I like the, the receiver that they drafted out of Florida. So he won't win it, but they could win it. Gotcha, gotcha. So the second highest level, these teams are called on the bubble. I call them that because they are on the playoff bubble. They could possibly be in the playoffs and challenging the top teams, or they won't make the playoffs, but they're going to have a very high draft pick to not get significantly better. These teams, I have the New England Patriots. I have Tennessee Titans. I have the Miami Dolphins. The L.A. Rams, the Seattle Seahawks, Los Angeles Chargers is on this tier as well. 
Talk to me. What's going on? What's going on? Do y'all believe in God? Do believe that we're him in the boat for the rest of the show? Right. <laughs> okay, so my question, I'm going to ask you. That second tier, um, on the bubble, we have New England. Mm, New England. Lord have mercy. New England Patriots, Tennessee Titans, Miami Dolphins, L.A. Rams, Seattle Seahawks, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Have you seen what... See, Miami is tricky. Miami can be a really good team or they can be a bad team. It all depends on the arm of Tua Tagliova, take whatever that man name is, Tua T. <laughs> Tagliova. No, they was, they almost made it. Yeah, it was his first year, but they, they were timid. They were putting him in the lineup, and then they were taking him out. They would put him in the lineup and take him out. All right. I, yeah, I don't have any um, issues with that. I'm going to come right to you, Goldie. Give me one second. I don't have no issues with, with Miami. I just want to know... What tool are we going to get? Is he still going to be timid and expecting all his wide receivers to be open like how they were in Alabama? Or is he going to let that thing go and, you know, trust his arm and trust that the receivers are going to get there? In Alabama, I call Alabama fantasy land. Why? Because they have top-notch athletes and a top-notch offensive line. You don't get touched. You don't get tackled in the pocket if you're a quarterback and your receivers are all running four threes. That is not real world. That is not how it plays. And every single time you walk on a field, you have a coaching advantage with the GOAT, Nick Saban. So you're living in the fantasy world. When you go to the NFL, when you live in the real world and you're not getting, you know, four top 100 prospects to throw the football to, what can you do? Now, that's what I want to know what Tua Tagliovella, Tagliovella can do. Jesus, I can't say that name. Go ahead, Goldie. Oh, Xavion is a beast. That's my guy. Now... <laughs> now, to your point, Cedric, if they let go of Xavier Howard, yeah, they're definitely worse than the, um, the Cowboys. They're going to they drop some tears. So, real tears and some. tier on the podium these teams is the teams in the league that I think is six of them that I think have the best chance at winning a Super Bowl trophy this year I think Buffalo Bills Kansas City Chiefs Green Bay Packers Tampa Bay Buccaneers Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Browns somehow I think all six of those have a fighting chance of winning a Super Bowl this year
I didn't say they would. I said they have a good chance of doing it. Never said they would. That is definitely his buddy. Endorse. <laughs> I love it. I don't think they have. I don't think they have the highest shot. I think they are. So I put six teams there. I think they are probably the fourth highest team. If I were to say it in order, I think Kansas City Chiefs have the highest shot, then Buffalo Bills, then Baltimore, then Cleveland. No. I got to I got to be honest here. I have to be honest here. The issue that I see all the time with Baltimore is trying to run an old-style run game in a brand-new wave NFL. Yeah, we have the best run game, but you have to be able to pass the ball as well. You can't be number one in running at number 32 and pass and think you're going to win Super Bowl. We have to get that pass game better. I yell at my TV every week. For some reason, they're not hearing me. I think I got to write a sternly worded letter with some red ink so they can get their crap together. Go ahead, Cedric. Okay. We'll have a exact opposite slogan. LJ will make you pay. So it's going down. Man, it's been fun. I thank y'all for coming through. I thank y'all for rocking with me. Spreaker, I thank y'all for, for rocking with me. Spotify, I will thank y'all in the future for rocking with me um, on Tuesday. Um, if you haven't yet, Please follow us on, follow the house on Clubhouse. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Sideline Talk. And join the Facebook group, hashtag Sideline Talk. Be blessed, be productive, be more. We love you. We out. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque.